Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Malachi, Malachi chapter 3a, the first portion of chapter 3. According to the way the traditional chapters are drawn, the last verse of chapter 2 really should be the first verse of chapter 3. And it's important because that verse will set the tone for us understanding the questions and the issues with which the Prophet, with the Navi, is trying to teach and trying to deal with in this particular prophecy. <clears throat> so I'm going to start. I know I read this verse already at the end of the previous, um, at the end of the previous uh, podcast, but I'm going to start by reading this one again. Uh, before that, just to remind you, um, the the um, last chapter we discussed Malachi's objections uh, and the God's objections to intermarriage, to creating relationships between people who do not share the same value system. Uh, that even though it's clearly true and definitely true that God is the father of us all and God loves us all and God wants all of us, all human beings to get along together and, and he wants all of us to uh, learn the lessons that he is trying to teach, when one chooses to create a bond of marriage, one should choose someone who shares that value system and not someone who is a bat el nechar, someone who worships other gods, someone who does not share that value system. That was what we studied last time. Now we're going to deal with really the big question, the question of theodicy, <clears throat> which is the fact that the people at this point look around them and they see that all of those who who intermarried, all of those that aren't being honest, all of those people who are not um, uh, being truthful, those are the ones who are being successful, so to speak, in quotations. Those are the ones who are moving up the social ladder and the economic ladders of the day. And they see that the people who are the bad ones are the people who are being treated well. So, Hogatem Adonai B'divrechem, this is verse 17 of chapter 2, you have made God exhausted from all of your babbles and words, and what you keep on saying, why are we trying hard to be good? Why are we trying hard to be honest? When you guys keep saying, all those people that do bad, they must be good in the eyes of God. God must like them. It's them who he desires. So you either say that, oh, they must be the ones that God likes because look, they're doing well. Or you also say, um, sometimes, where is the God of justice? Where is he? Where is he? Well, I'll tell you where he is. Verse 1 in chapter 3, I am going to one day send out, send my messenger in front of me. Malachi, of course, is the name of this particular prophet, Malachi. So it could mean, I, God, am going to send my prophet, Malachi. But it seems to be that this is talking about someone in the future. This is a focus on, in the future, I will send my messenger, God says. My messenger is going to clear the path in front of me. That master that you guys are looking for will suddenly arrive in his temple. That master who I'm looking for, because you just asked the question, where is that God of justice? Well, he is going to arrive. His, my messenger is going to come, clear the path, and he is going to arrive. 
and that messenger of the covenant, the covenant that you, the covenant that you keep talking about last time, the covenant between me and all of my people, the covenant in within which justice is evident and obvious, that you are desiring and you're asking for, behold, that day will come, that time will come, Amar Adonai says the Lord God. But I'm warning you that time is not necessarily going to be good. Who are going to be the ones that are able to survive that day when he comes, when God comes, when that master of true justice comes. Who's going to still be standing when he appears? He is like a fire that purifies. We've had many times, many of the prophets have used the same, and I've pointed it out over and over again, have used the same analogy to purification, the fire that melts the silver and gets rid of the impurities, that melts the metals and get rid, gets rid of the impurities from the metal, unfortunately the impurities are going to have to go and only the pure stuff is what's going to be left and that's what's going to happen in that future time. It's like soap that cleans the garment, gets rid of all the dirt and the junk from the garment, but the um, ultimately the garment ends up clean and pure. He who is the mitzoreif, he who is the smelter, the one who smelts the metals, and purifies the silver, is, is sitting, he is going to do this. He is going to purify the sons of Levi. If you remember the beginning of chapter 2, God was upset with the leadership, with the Levites, with the Kohen, and with the priestly class. God is going to purify them just like gold and silver are purified. And then, then, there, I will have real people, the ones that are supposed to be serving me, the ones that are supposed to be bringing me offerings in righteousness, the ones that come with truth, with righteousness. Remember, we spoke about the Quran and before in the beginning of chapter 2, God is going to get rid of the bad ones. And just like he said, the true coin is supposed to be He has to go in peace with straightness, with yashrut, with proper behavior, without speaking falsely, without a Torah that speaks of only truth. Those are the ones that are going to be left. Those are the ones that are going to bring my, uh, me, me offerings bits to call with righteousness. And then, then the offerings that the people of Judah and Jerusalem bring to me will be sweet to God. Just like the old days before they went down the wrong path. And like the prior years, the years of the past. I'm going to come close to you in order to judge you. I'm going to be a very quick witness. I'm going to, in other words, a witness. I am going to bring out all of the knowledge I know about the behavior of many of the people among you. I'm going to come against those that, 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 are, that pretend with magic and, and use magical incantations to convince the people of things 
and lead the people astray, and those that are adulterous and are unfaithful to their spouses, and those that swear falsely, and those that hold back the appropriate wages of their workers. Instead of paying their workers their true wage, they hold it back. They don't pay them what they deserve. They don't pay them on time. And they hold back the wages of the poor, of the widow, of the orphan. And they twist the laws that as relevant to the convert, to the newcomer, to the people. Below Yireuni, they have no fear of me. If you treat the convert, you treat the widow, you treat the orphan, you treat the workers, you treat the poor, you act falsely, you swear falsely, you are unfaithful, and you look towards Kishof, you look towards magical things instead of looking towards God. Those people I am going to get rid of when I come to be the smelter, the purifier of the silver. Amar Adonai Tzvoso, says the Lord God. Ki ani Adonai lo shoniti. If you look back at history, I, God, have never changed. I have been just the entire time. You may not have understood it, but I have always been here. If you had served me properly, I would have treated you the same way. And by the way, God says, you, the children of Jacob, I have not destroyed you. I had many reasons to. I could have, and maybe I should have. And remember, in the first chapter of Malachi, how we learned how the people looked towards God and said, in what way have you been good to us? And God said, you're still here. This people of Edom, your enemies, they were evil and they were destroyed and they're gone forever. But you are still here. You might not think the world is great because you wish you had the power and the grandeur and the wealth and so on that you wished that you had or that you once upon a time had but you're still here you can still repair yourselves God says in verse 7 from the old days of your father's you turned away from my laws all those things I just told you you should be doing you turned away from them you did not keep them but nonetheless I did not destroy you you're still here I kept you here because you still have a chance and I still expect you to return to me and then I, God, will return to you. So says the Lord God. And then how do you respond to this? How can we return? What should we do to improve ourselves? God is getting upset. You're still asking me how to return? I just told you what to do. So then God again, he answers by giving instructions. I'll tell you what to do. Be honest. Look at chapter, verse 8. As we continue to read, Can a person cheat God? Do you think you can fool me? Do you think you can act in a certain way and give me presents and give me gifts and do me things when inside your heart you're trying to cheat me? Because you are cheating me, God says. This word, is kuf veid ayin, which is actually, as Rashi points out, an Aramaic term, which means to cheat. But by the time of Malachi, the language Aramaic was becoming already dominant among the people. Um, and uh, so Aramaic terms are going to naturally fall into the words of the prophet. And then you are so involved and so deeply sunk into your cheating that you then say to me, how have we cheated you, God? Well, I'll tell you how. In your donations to me, when you come to me pretending that you are being uh, generous by giving me tithes 
and giving me teruma, the, the special portions that are supposed to go to the priests, you come to me with, uh, uh, you know, a hundred barrels as if you had a thousand, but you really had ten thousand. You know that. You're just cheating me. Um, you're cheating God. When you come to me claiming that this is a special donation, just as we learned in the first chapter of Malachi, when really it's the junk, it's your, it's your garbage, it's, it's the animals which, or which are lame, which are dying, which are sick that you're bringing to me, not the ones that are healthy. And this means not just, of course, in actual offerings being brought to the temple, but in everything we do. We say, oh, I'm giving to God, I'm doing, I'm being devoted, I'm devoting myself to things, but in truth, we could devote ourselves so much more. God knows that. People outside us, we might even fool ourselves, but we can't fool God. God said, you are cursed with a curse. But nonetheless, me you're trying to fool. You can't fool me. Hagoi Kulo, the entire nation is doing this. Everyone. The spirit of all of the public is such that what do they do? They cheat me. They pretend on the outside to be pious. They pretend on the outside that their, that their customs and the things they do are wonderful and great. But I know what's going on on the inside. I know what's going on behind closed doors. What's going on behind closed doors is what I just criticized, God says. They're not paying people properly. They're not treating the almanah, the widow, the and the orphan, and the convert, and the newcomer. They're not treating them properly. They claim to be, but they're not. They swear falsely. The entire nation is fooling me. When you come to my storehouse, Bring all of what you owe me, God says, all of the tithes. So that the food will be in my house, God says. When you come to me and offer your service and say that you're worshiping God and say that you're living properly, do it with a full heart. Do it for real. Give what you can do. And if you test me this way, if you test me by your doing your behavior with a full heart and in truth, Amar of the Knights of Oz, Says the Lord God, I promise you, of course, at that point, I will open up the windows of the heavens. If you behave properly, you behave honestly, and you really put yourself to the task, and you really, really, really throw yourself into it with all of the strength and the might and the resources that I gave you, I will then pour blessing upon you until there's no longer possible for you to have so much more blessing. I will pour it down until you, until you have so much blessing that, that it, it's way more than enough. I will get rid of all of the things that come to destroy your crops. I will get rid of them. No longer will the, will the pests and the um, worms and the, uh, and the mold get, get ruined and get rid of the fruits of your land. Your vines in the field will grow fresh, beautiful, thick grapes and no longer will they, will they have the uh, diseases that will cause them not to produce grapes. So, says the Lord God. And then all of the nations around you will praise you. All the nations around you will see when, when you behave properly 
then I will respond to you properly. You will then have a land of chayfetz, a land of desire. What does that mean, a land of desire? A land that everyone wants to be like that. Everyone wants to be in such a land which is full of people that deal with each other in such a way, that are honest uh, uh, employers to their workers, that pay appropriate wages, that are generous to the orphan and the widow and the convert and the newcomer, the nation with which God treats in accordance to their deeds. Amar Adonai so says the Lord God. That is the end of verse 12 of Malachi 3a. I'm looking forward to studying Malachi 3b, which will be verse 13 until the end of this beautiful book. Thank you so much for studying this book together with me. Looking forward to finishing it together in the next podcast.